Lord God, we thank you for this opportunity to come to your house, Lord. We thank you for the freedom to come to your house, Lord, and, and just worship you, God. You are, you're so amazing. You're so merciful, Lord. We thank you for the nice weather today and the safe travel to get here, Lord. We pray for a good service. Pray for the preacher. Pray for the singers, Lord. Pray for tonight's service as well. We pray that all this be done in your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, good morning. And as JL says, blessed be the name of the Lord. If y'all all please stand and sing with me. Let's worship the Lord together. And it says, uh, this song says, there's a new name written down in glory. Can you remember that day when your name was written down in glory? Amen. Let's sing that, put that thought on our hearts this morning. a sinner, but I came, pardoned to receive from my Lord. This was freely given, and I found that he always kept his word. There's a new name written down in glory, and it's mine, oh yes, it's mine. And the smile. 
sing uh, he keeps me singing and uh, I hope you I hope he keeps your heart singing this morning I hope you ain't singing because you have to I hope you're singing because he keeps you singing amen so let's all sing together now song saved saved by his power divine and uh, just praise the lord this morning our songs have been about getting saved and uh, my prayer this morning is if you haven't had that moment in your life that today would be the day so y'all y'all sing with me Now is 
Our handshake and greet time. Y'all uh, get to your neighbor, tell him howdy, and tell him you're glad to see him in the house of the Lord this morning.
All right, if we'll make it back to our seats, we have a real special treat this morning. Um, the famous, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, nah, but uh, boy, I sure do appreciate Emma singing, don't y'all? Boy, she's a pretty singer, and she loves the Lord, so uh, y'all make her feel welcome this morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Can you hear me? All right, good. <laughs> uh, I'm going to sing Reckless Love this morning, and I'm so glad that even though I was running as fast as I possibly could away from God, he, with reckless abandon, just kept chasing after me. Before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. You have been so, so good to me. Before I took a breath, you breathed your life in me. And you have been so, so kind to me. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it, but still you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. When I was your foe, still your love fought for me. And you have been so, so good to me. When I felt no worth, you paid it all for me. And you have been so, so kind to me. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. I couldn't earn it, I don't deserve it, still you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. 
There's no war you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. I couldn't earn it, I don't deserve it, but still you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. I couldn't earn it, I don't deserve it, but still you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. Well, I sure, I sure appreciated that song. Um, well done, Emma. If you'll uh, join me now in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. Lord, we, we thank you for all your goodness and mercy that you've bestowed on us, Lord. We thank you for a building to come and gather to worship you, Lord. We thank you for all the many blessings, Lord. Father, most of all, though, we thank you for sending your son to live the perfect life that we could never live, all to face the cruel cross, Lord. Father, may we never take that lightheartedly, may that weigh heavy on our hearts, Lord. It is not a little thing to be reconciled to you, Lord. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for, for leaving the 99 sheep to come and rescue us, Lord. You are our hope, our strength. And our rescuer, Lord, we just pray for Brother Tilly as he comes up and he um, feeds your sheep, Lord. Lord, he expounds your word, Lord. I pray that you burden him for your gospel. And, Lord, that you, you hide him behind the cross, Lord. Father, thank you, for, thank you for allowing us to come, Lord. Be with us and keep us safe, Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. All right. If you'll stand one more time, we'll sing uh, In Christ Alone, and uh, I tell you what, this, this song, uh, it's, it's become one of my favorites, if not my favorite, because it, it so accurately displays what the Lord did for us on this ministry here on this earth. So if y'all sing from your hearts with me.
gift of love and righteousness, scorned by the ones he came to save. Till on that cross has Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied for every sin on him as laid. Here in the death of Christ I live, there in the ground his body the world by darkness slain, then bursting forth in glorious day, up from the grave he rose again, and as he stands in victory, since curse has lost his grip on me. Precious blood of Christ, no guilt in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand till he returns or calls me home here in the power of Christ I'll stand. Amen. Now if y'all uh Come with me and join in welcoming Brother Tilly here. Brother, you come on and share what the Lord's laid on your heart. Thank you, my brother. Enjoying all the good stuff. Y'all all right this morning? Yeah, me too. I think the air is a little light up here in the mountain. Y'all think so? Ah, uh, you know, the Lord's been so good to us. I was telling the Sunday school class this morning, some of you wasn't in Sunday school. You might have been in Sunday school somewhere else, I mean, here in the building or wherever. But um, we was in India, had a great time in India. God blessed and great things happened there in India. And uh, we had uh, had four ordinations, four ordained gospel preachers, and um, uh, we uh, had uh, a graduation, 12th annual graduation. I've been up there several times. I've not been up there 12 times in that same area, but uh, we had a graduation, had a great graduation, had about 500 people in the graduation uh, uh, for the graduates, and just had a great time, had people saved, God just blessed in a marvelous way, uh, preached in several churches. Uh, we just never know what our 
dollars are doing around the world. You know, so many times we think about just ourselves. We was talking about that this morning in Sunday school. Uh, you know, the, the, the devil gets, gets us hoodwinked. He thinks, we think that there's not much going on in our world, but there's a lot going on in our world, probably a lot going on here around Hillsville. Many times we don't get involved in it because we don't feel like that we are adequate or whatever it may be. But I think about there's going to be a lot of people one day that's going to come up to us and say, thank you for sharing the gospel with my mother, with my dad, with my aunts and uncles, whoever it may be. Uh, little, little black faces, I think about them over in Africa. I think about them up in India, South India, all over the place where so many children uh, we just got great word from uh, uh, Kenya. Uh, the president just was elected a few months ago, and Kenya's president has given the authority to our missionary, Brother Seabury Nabarro, given him authority to take the gospel. Now, get this. He said, I want you to take the gospel to every public school. It's wide open. And uh, he said he wanted to take it not only to the elementary, to the, to the uh, high school, to the, uh, to the colleges, to the universities, all of them, just everywhere. And they've been ever more at it. They've got about 10, 12 men that's at it every day getting the gospel into those, in those schools. Would you pray that the Lord would continue to work in Kenya, in Central Africa, all across there, I've, uh, there's so much work since COVID has hit so hard around the world. It's hit hard here in America as well. But uh, not like it has over there. A lot of people lost their life of starvation. Can you imagine that? People lost their life because they closed the country down. There's nowhere to go to buy food. And, of course, we had one of our brothers, Brother Seabury, would go out in the, in the villages. He'd put him a speaker on top of the car, and he would call his preachers, and he would leave money so that he might be able to help his people so they wouldn't starve to death. But that's just, a, just the tip of the iceberg, what happened during the COVID. But now we need to get back in there. We've lost several of our good men, Brother Timothy, uh, there in the Congo, Bantumba, my, 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 what has happened there is devastating. He planted over 300 Baptist churches in Bantumba. No paved roads. Uh, there's no running water, no electricity. Most of them lives in little uh, mud huts. But yet at the same time, uh, they are souls whom Christ died for. And we need to make sure that we get the gospel as far as we can, as quick as we can. We've been at this thing for 2,000 years, and we've not quite got the job done yet. Uh, we still got a lot of work to be done. I don't know if you're doing your part. Sometimes I feel like we're not doing our part. But if you're not doing your part, let's get on board. Let's get the gospel uh, here in Hillsville and in Virginia and all around the world, that the gospel may go farther and farther and farther, that everybody will have at least one shot of hearing the gospel of message of Jesus Christ and be born again. I can't imagine uh, one day ended up in hell and saying nobody ever told me that 
about Jesus Christ. Can you imagine that? And I'm afraid that too many people are in hell today because of the simple fact that nobody ever taken the time to expound to them or even to confront them with the gospel message. And that's what I'm going to preach this morning is the gospel because I'm a gospel preacher and I don't think you'd want me to preach anything else other than the gospel. I want you to look with me. I may have used this passage before and I'll probably use it again. I love this passage of scriptures found in Mark chapter 13. Mark's gospel chapter 13. Uh, I, want, I want us to think about one word in this passage of scripture. doesn't matter how many times you've heard it, but there's one word in this passage I want you to look at. It's very important. Probably the most important in the whole verse as to what we need to do. The most important word is the gospel. The Bible says in Mark chapter 13 and verse number 10, the Bible says, and the gospel, that's an important word. That's the death, the burial, and resurrection. People need to hear that. That's why we send missionaries around the world. That's why we preach around the world. That's why we have evangelistic meetings everywhere. That's what we had when we was in India. We had evangelistic meeting, getting the gospel to the Hindus. Millions. There's one point. Uh, one or two billion, billion of Indians that live in India. And so much is causing havoc there because the government don't want the gospel to get to the, to the tribes or to the uh, villages because they are Hindu and they want everybody to die as a Hindu. But yet God is still working and God is still doing the work that he wants us to do. But notice, if you will, the gospel is the most important thing in the world. Uh, we've heard that several times this morning. You're going to hear it this morning from me. You're going to hear it tonight as well. I hope I preach well enough. Everybody comes back tonight. If I don't, you come back and I'll preach just as bad as I did this morning. Amen? But uh, you come on back. Be with us tonight if you possibly can at 6.30, I think it is. Uh, but anyhow, we are so grateful for what the gospel can do, will do, and is doing. There's churches all over. We've got 1,200 churches throughout uh, Central Africa. Can you imagine? 1,200 uh, Baptist preachers that's preaching the gospel. They're doing it today. And boy, we need that many in Virginia and throughout Virginia. Amen? We need gospel preachers all over the world as far as that goes. But if you will, notice, if you will, once again in, in verse, uh, verse number 10, and the gospel... Notice, if you will, must first, that word first, F-I-R-S-T. Why would he put it, why would he say the word first? He said, and the gospel must first be published. Why would he say that? I think that we need to have a gospel first movement in our churches. Men and women will not be saved unless somebody confronts them about their eternal situation. Every man, every woman, boy and girl is going to spend eternity somewhere. Everybody that's ever lived on this globe or will ever live on this globe is going to spend eternity either in a place called hell or in a place called heaven. 
And the determining factor is this, that people tell people about the Lord Jesus. That's what they're waiting on. People want you to tell them what it means to be saved. How many times that people, it surprises me that when people bring up a conversation with me and you give them the gospel, many times they'll respond, yes, I want that. Yes, I need that. Yeah, would you tell me more about that? You'd be surprised how many people are wanting to know the truth. I mean, I wear my little lapel pen, the gospel pen. I tell people about it. I, I, I go all over the world and people ask me, what is that? What, kind of, what, what is that pen? What's, what does it represent? And I have the privilege of telling them the gospel. Object lessons, the Lord Jesus used object lessons. Remember, he used a rock. He said, if you don't speak, these rocks will cry I don't want a rock cry out for me, do you? I want to cry out for myself. God's been good to me. God's been very good to me. He's allowed me to live these years that I might be able to know him. I'm a believer. Can you imagine that I believe God's report? I believe God's report. That's what Isaiah said. Who has believed his report? I believed it. How did I become a believer? You ever thought about how you become a believer? Somebody had to tell you something. Somebody taking the time to explain to you all the prophets we find all through the Word of God, all through the Word of God. They was always pointing to the Lord Jesus. Jesus, uh, even there, the rich man in hell, lifted up, oh, I've got five brothers. He said they got the prophets. You mean the prophets preached the gospel? Sure they did. David preached the gospel. All those men in the word of God, they preached the gospel. Why was the gospel preached? Because Jesus Christ is the gospel, and God realized that the only way that men, women, and boys and girls will ever become Christians and become believers is that somebody's got to share the word of God. And they've been sharing the gospel all through these prophets. Read in Genesis, all through the uh, prophets, all the minor prophets, all through the word of God, all through up to the New Testament, then when Jesus was born of a virgin. All that is, 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 is culminated in the New Testament. It's what it's all about is that men and women might be informed about the report. And because we, you and I, believe the report, we are believers. I'm glad I'm a believer this morning. I'm glad I believe the truth. The truth has set me free. Isn't it marvelous today that we can come clothed in our right mind? There's people out there this morning that don't have a clue who Jesus Christ is. There's people out there don't know anything about this book. Don't know anything about God whatsoever. They are non-believers. They are unbelievers. They are without God. They are without hope. But yet we have the opportunity to change people's mind with the gospel. i got a friend of mine that he's always saying that we've got to create a desire in people's mind and heart. Have you created a desire in people's mind and heart by giving them the truth about the Lord Jesus Christ? 
You'll be surprised when we give the truth about God and give the truth about the Lord Jesus Christ. His mind, uh, their mind began to develop. That's a personal encounter with God. I've had a personal encounter with God, haven't you? I had one in 1969, and I've had several since then. Had personal encounters with God. God spoke to my heart. God loved me and brought me to himself. He showed me the Lord Jesus Christ, how that he suffered and bled and died and was buried and rose again. He showed me all that stuff, and I became a believer. That's what happened to you. It's not because you're so brilliant, so handsome and so good looking. No. It was because of the fact somebody shared this book with you. Somebody taking the time to open your mind of understanding that you might be able to develop your mind. I remember when I first got saved, I didn't know nothing about this book. But you know how I got it? I began to read it, and people began to explain it to me. I got the biggest blessing this week. I've been at a missions conference over in, in uh, North Carolina. Just a great blessing to realize for the first time, uh, many times, uh, is to know that God's mission is still alive. I, I, th I think about people that's in the Middle East that are saved. How do they get saved? They're Muslims. And they have real problems with the Bible. They don't have the same Bible you and I have. But yet it's the same thing I'm saved. How did they get saved? Somebody shared with them the gospel. Think about India. Think about Africa. Think about South America. Think about Central America. Think about all over the world. People all over the world knows about God because people shared the gospel with them. Shared this book with them. Have you shared it this week? <laughs> That's the question. That's a big question. Most time we go all week and we say, I know I need to do that. But many times we neglect doing that. And when we neglect doing that, people die without God. They go to a devil's hell. I don't want anybody to go to hell, do you? I mean, I don't, I don't desire anybody. I don't hate anybody enough to send them to hell. No, no, no. I, I love everybody enough that I want everybody at least to understand that God loved them so much that he gave his son, the Lord Jesus. Here we find in this passage of Scripture, talks about first. And the gospel must first be published among all nations. That's God's plan. If you'll notice, that's written in red. That's red leather, no, red letter <laughs> edition. And if it's red letter, therefore it means that Jesus is speaking. Jesus is saying these words. These words are, are penned from the very words that he spoke. And he said, and the gospel must first, first, first be published among all nations. We need to have a gospel first movement in our churches. Nobody walks through those doors without knowing something about God. Or somebody has influenced them on, down their street, on their corner, in the grocery store, at the gas station. Somebody has influenced them. And they decide to check it out to see what they are saying 
is it something that I need or something I want? And many times they walk through the door that way. But most people that walk through the door has already made up their mind. They have already believed the report. They've already received the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior or on the verge of receiving the Lord Jesus Christ. They just need to be pushed over. I had a Muslim. He was an imam that was in uh, Iraq. I've been to Iraq several times. And being in Iraq, there was an imam that came to me. He's, he, he was uh, very interested in the things of God. He'd already been saved. Amazing thing about it, he was walking down the street and somebody rushed up to him and handed him the film, Jesus. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen that. I've never seen it in its entirety. I understand it's pretty good. But yet, somebody walked up to him and handed him the, the film, Jesus. That's an admirable thing to do, especially if you want people to be saved, people to understand about God and the gospel handed it to him, and he immediately put it on his person, put it in the car, and went home. He's an imam that's got 500 men in his church. I know this man. I know him personally. 500 men in his church. That means he's got about 1,500 that's in his congregation in a Muslim, in a mosque. He teaches them every week. Amazing man. He came... Uh, he, he came to church uh, after he re- uh, after he uh, put the DVD in his uh, DVD DVD player, and God began to speak to his heart. Isn't it amazing how God speaks to our heart? Don't take much, just a little bit. I mean, it's sort of like a wedge. If you take a wedge, you can do a whole lot with that. You can push the tree over with it if you're not careful. But yet, at the same time, it's, it's like a wedge. But yet, he, he watched this thing, and, and it, it pricked his heart. The next thing we know that he's down at the Catholic Church. He's trying to get saved. He's wanting to be saved. He said, I know this is true, and I need this. The Catholic priest told him, no, you can't be Christian. You cannot be a Christian. Not in this church. You can't be. Of course, the kind of Christian he that the priest wanted to be, we wouldn't want him to be that way. No, amen. That's beside the point. But he says, you don't want to be that. And the young imam is totally confused. You don't know what to do now. He walks out the door, and he's totally confused. He goes back to his mosque, and he said, maybe I missed something. Maybe I missed something watching that DVD. He goes back to his, his, to his home, uh, to his... Uh, uh, whatever, I guess, parsonage, whatever you want to call that thing. But he goes back to his mosque and he put it in and he watches it again and he's so burdened. He says, I need this. I want this. I want Christ as my Savior. I believe that Christ is, is the Savior. I believe he was saved already by believing. But yet at the same time, here he goes back to the Catholic Church the next day. Uh, next Sunday, I'm sorry. Goes back to the church next Sunday, and when he walks in, he sits down. The priest almost like shaking his head. Why is this man back again? As soon as the church is over, he's up talking to the priest, and the priest says, "No, no, no, you can't be saved. You you got to you got to go." Happened was there was a friend of a friend of mine that I worked with in Iraq. His name is Aram. I think he's been here, if I'm not mistaken. Brother uh, <clears throat> Brother Aram 
was uh, a, a friend, was at the front of the Catholic Church. He's a Catholic, know him, know him personally. Good man, but lost, don't know the Lord. He said, wrote on a piece of paper and handed it to him, said, call this man, he'll help you. As soon as he got outside, everybody's got cell phones in the world today. Called a man on the cell phone, he said, I'll be there in one minute. Picked him up in his car and rode him down the street, pulled off on the side of the road, told him about the Lord Jesus Christ, how that he loved him and died for him and was buried and rose again. And he accepted Christ as his personal Savior. Now he's in a dilemma. He's got to tell his family about it. He said, I couldn't not tell my family that I was a Christian. If he did, she would report me and they would take my life. What am I to do? We was up on the mountain when he told me this testimony. Way up on the mountain. We was talking. He was giving his testimony. How they wanted to live for God. Live for God. Do what God wanted him to do. Nobody would help him. He was willing, he was willing to go to Lebanon. I got a friend of mine that lives in Lebanon. He's got a church there. The Lebanon Baptist uh, Church there in uh, Beirut. And uh, I called him and I said, I got an imam here that wants to be baptized and, and began a member of your church and start a new life. And he said, don't send him here. Just don't send him here. How would you like to be in that kind of dilemma? People don't want you. So he decided he'd go back to the mosque and he was going to really become the Christian that God wanted him to do. In his mosque, he, this is his own word. He said, every day I taught those men the gospel. He said, I was having men and women receive the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. Now, I don't know what happened to him. Most likely he lost his life because they don't tolerate that in the Middle East at all when you convert. All I'm saying is, there's men and women today that wants to know what you know. Are you going to tell them? That's the question. That's a big question. That's the reason Jesus said, and the gospel must first be published among all nations. It doesn't matter how we get it out, we need to get it to everybody. Don't be selfish with the gospel. Make sure that you share the gospel with everyone that you come in contact with. The sad thing when we don't have a gospel first movement in our church. We try to invite people to church, but we need to invite people to Christ. We need to make sure people are saved. We need to make sure people are born again. We need to make sure they know what to do to be saved and to be born again. People don't know. People are waiting to hear the good news. Good news is only good news if it reaches in time. Many people will not be reached in time. They'll spend eternity in a devil's hell because nobody taught them. People are waiting. Honestly, people all over the world. I was telling about a lady this morning as I was walking out the door at a, at a hotel. Uh, I was talking to her. Received the Lord Jesus Christ as her Savior. I've done that on several occasions where people want to know the truth. So many times you get busy and you think, well, I don't need to do that. I don't need to. Wait, wait, wait a minute. The possibility of them being saved is great. 
I'd like to see people born again. I'd like to see people say, I'd like to go back to churches where people has gotten saved because of the fact I got the greatest blessing uh, last Sunday. I had a friend of mine. I met him 43 years ago. His, his wife and his children got saved in my ministry in my first church up in Scotland 43 years ago. I shared with him. I can tell you man after man. And, and he showed up at my doorstep. He just wanted to come by and say, I want to thank you for sharing the gospel with me. You'd be surprised how many people would come back. You may win 99 of them, but hey, you may win uh, most of them, but maybe one or two may come back. It's all right. What we need to do, we need to make sure that we make the gospel first. Get the gospel first. What is the main thing? That's what I entitled my message. I, I, it sounds good. Keeping with the main thing. The main thing is the gospel. Keeping with the main thing. How about your life? This, is this it? Is this all it is to Christianity? Is just showing up to church? If it is, count me off. There's a whole big world. Eight billion people live outside those doors. Who's going to reach them? Who's going to win them? Who's going to speak to them about their eternal soul? Who's going to give them the opportunity to make a choice in making their lives count for the Lord Jesus Christ? God wants you. You know, we asked, you know, in our missions conferences, that's what we was doing up there the other night, and was talking about young people going to ministry. That's not what it's all about. What it's all about when you get everybody involved in getting the gospel. Can you imagine you'll be part of reaching the world with the gospel? Can you imagine that? That's part of this big old world. That's the reason God created us. To put us to fellowship with him, but yet that we might be a witness of his. That's what he tells us in the book of Acts and several places there about that we're to be witnesses. God wants us to be witnesses. We need to give, give the report so people can believe the report and that they might live victorious Christian lives. I know a lot of people on the roads that need Christ, don't you? I saw several coming up the road that needed the Lord Jesus. Or at least they didn't act like they had him. I want this world to be like Christ. That's the reason I like church. That's the reason you like church. When you come in church, everybody treats each other nice, don't they? That's where it's supposed to be, isn't it? Duh. I mean, you know, I was born at night, but not last night. thing about it is, when we come to church, we don't have to worry about fighting. We don't have to worry about criticism. Oh, there'll be a few criticize you, but that's all right. You know, it's good criticism, you know, constructive criticism. <laughs> that's what it's all about. See, but on, in this world, 
when we get out on the roads, when we get down in the, in the shopping centers, when we go out to the food store, when we go to the guy, when we go to all those different places, people need the Lord. And they show you they need the Lord. They look at you and say, I defy you. I defy you. I don't want you to speak to me about God. But somehow or another, if we get the boldness and the courage up to speak to someone about the eternal soul, most of the time they melt like butter. Amen. But the problem is that we lose our courage. We lose our boldness. The Bible says, come boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy. God will give us mercy in the time of need if we'll only have the courage to stand up for him. Tell people about the Lord. So we find that getting the gospel is to everyone. You and you and you and you. No, you already got it. What you do, what you're to do is to give it to others. There's millions. There's eight billion people outside those doors waiting for you to tell them. You say, where do you start? One person at a time. One person at a time. You look at me like a new calf looking at a new fence. That's your job. Problem is, we don't take our job seriously. Oh, we take our job making money seriously. We're going to make sure we get that new car. We're going to make sure we get that new house. We're going to make sure we get whatever we want. What about sharing Christianity? Getting people to believe, to be believers. I want you to look with the passage of Scripture, and I may close with this. I don't know what time it is. Y'all start different times and Messes me up. Don't take much to mess me up. John. John's gospel. I'm going to find it. John chapter 6, if you will. I want you to look at this passage of scripture. John chapter 6. It's in my Bible. John chapter 6. John chapter 6, if you will. Verse number 20, uh, 28. John chapter 6, verse 28. Then said they unto him, What shall we do? That's a big question, isn't it? Most likely they know what they need to do, but the question is, what shall we do? Notice, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? And if you'll notice, verse 29 gives the answer. Jesus answered, and said unto them, This is the work of God. Oh, he's going to tell us what the work of God is. What is the work of God? That ye believe on him whom he hath sent. None other than the Lord Jesus and what he did on the cross of Calvary. That's, the, that's, that's what it's all about. That's what this work is all about. Is getting people to believe the report. What a, what, a, what, a, what a burden is lifted when we begin to believe. How big the burden was. It was bowing us down. It was making us very low. But yet when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, the burden was lifted. 
We now can see clearly what God wants us to do. What is the work of God? The work of God is to believe. Notice what it says, verse 29. Jesus answered and said unto them, This is the work of God, that ye believe on him whom he has sent. That's a job. Getting people to believe. That's what he tried to do for all those years, three and a half, whatever it was, while he was here on his earthly ministry. He was trying to train his disciples to believe. Some of them believed at the last moment. Some of them had a real problem with believing. Remember Thomas? He had a little problem with believing. But yet sooner or later, if we keep on giving the gospel, if we keep on giving the word, keep on giving the report, People will believe. One of the happiest days of my life is when people believe what I tell them that the Bible says. That's the happiest day of my life. I love to go overseas and see seas of people. I preached to more than 20,000 at one time. Just unbelievable. Just unbelievable. I remember in India, down in Roger Munder, there was probably at least 10, 12,000 people in attendance. And simply got up and gave a simple plan of salvation. How that God loved them and Jesus died for them and was buried and rose again from the grave. I watched them from the back running, running as fast as they could run to get to the altar so that somebody would take a Bible and show them what to do to be saved. Have you seen that lately? I see a lot of people come to the church and run away. I don't see very many people running to the Lord today. The reason being, they ain't got nothing to run away from or run to because nobody tells them much. They're waiting for people to tell them about the truth. This is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he has sent. That's the work. The greatest, work of the, world, the greatest work in this world is telling others about the report. That's what the, the, the prophets did all through the Old Testament. They wrote down the report. They wrote it all down. It's all there. That's the reason when we read, our, read the Bible, read the Old Testament, we read across some of those verses and we say, wow, I didn't know that was there. When we try to compare Scripture with Scripture, it all points to the Lord Jesus. Every page in God's Word points to Him, the one who loved you and died for you. We need to tell people about that. People need to know about that. People are waiting for it. We're sitting here with a lap full of the Word of God. We're sitting here... Mind's full. I heard, I heard somebody say the other day that we're full of knowledge, but no spirit. Reckon that could be somebody in this building? Full of knowledge, but no spirit? We've lost the spirit of giving the life-giving message. That's what it is. This book is full of life-giving messages. It'll give life. That's what it did for me. That's what it did for you. I mean, I can look at you and see you changed. You didn't just dress up and come over here to church because you thought it was a good thing to do. Hey, you've been changed. You're a believer. 
God gave you something to believe. You, he gave you the report, and you read it in his word, the report, how that how the, the prophets and all those great men of God in the past wrote it down, Moses and some of that crowd, wrote it down, it's there, and we read it, and people as preached it, we believe it. And because we believe it, we'll tell others about it. That's how we get to the be believers. Somebody tells us. I remember when I first got right with the Lord and joined my first church. Never forget it. How that God brought a man in my life. James Scott. What a man. What a great man. Him and his wife, Thelma. Lord, what a, what a great family. They just set me down and say, this is the way it is. And I thought, man, that's good. I like that. I, I, I couldn't wait to the next sermon. I couldn't wait to the next seating when we, he was in my home or if I was in his home. I couldn't wait to sit down and listen to him because he had something from the Word of God that made me much more of a believer than I was when I began. That's what it's all about. It's what preachers should be about. I was hearing a preacher the other day. He was talking about one of the things that we need is preachers need to train men. My wife and I, we used to have a little Bible study. We had about 25 Bible studies, maybe more than that. At any given time, we could have had 50. If anybody even gave an inkling that they wanted to understand the Bible, if it was a lady, I'd have my wife to go. And if it was a man, I'd go. If it was a man and his wife, me and her both would go. And we had them all over town. All over town. We was down in Nassau, Bahamas. Started churches down there. One time we was running 500 in the church. It was busy. But what we was trying to do was trying to help individuals. Are you got somebody under your wing? Oh, we don't have time for that. I'm working a full-time job. Bless your heart. God beat you too. We need to be busy. It's not the pulpit. It's individuals that need to be taught. Then bring them to church and let the preacher preach to them. Amen. That's what it's about. I love it. It's the best thing ever happened. It's when people begin to believe the report. <laughs> That's what Isaiah said. What is the work of God? Disciples. These disciples was asking this question. What is the work of God? Many of you asked the question, what is God's work? What are, you, what are, you, what are you talking about? What, what do we need to do to do the work? i tell you what the work of God is, to believe. And the only way you're going to believe, somebody's going to have to teach you. And the only way you're going to be taught is somebody's got to teach it. Somebody's got to take time. I thank God for all of my mentors. I think about Roger Baker. I think about uh, James Scott. I think about Carl Fry. I think about so many. I, I was in a church the other night, and there's a little old lady. She's all bent over and I mean, she was, I mean, she's old. She's probably in her 80s, maybe close to 90. And I didn't recognize who she was. 
the preacher comes to me and said, do you know that lady? And I said, I don't think so. He said, that's Chick Watkins' wife. Ha! I know Chick Watkins. He was a well-renowned preacher in Liberia. There she sat in church, still being taught. I love it. The problem is today is that nobody wants to teach nobody else. They all want the knowledge for themselves. Well, that's good. I don't know about you, but I thought that was great. I love it. Uh, you can say amen right there. It won't hurt you. It won't break. It, it's not fragile. The problem is we need to teach somebody. Take time to teach somebody this week. You say, how do you do that? Just teach them. You start the conversation, I guarantee you they'll listen to you. If they don't, go to somebody else. Somebody else will listen to you. You may have to go to two people before you get the third one to listen, but you find somebody. Take time. Take time. Take time with somebody. Give them the gospel. I've seen it over and over again, over and over and over again. People wanting the truth. You ever found nobody that wants the truth? I don't believe the truth, and I don't want no truth. I don't want the truth. Don't tell me no truth. I don't want no, I don't find people like that. People are looking for truth. And the only truth that can be found is right there. That's it. And who's going to give it to them? You say, I'm not much. I know it. We, either one of us is not much. But God will use anything that comes down the pike if we'll take time to give the report that's been given down through the ages. What is it? Forty writers? <laughs> Forty writers over 1,400 years? Give or take. I can't remember all the statistics on that right now. That's a big report. God has given it to us. It's in our hand. It's ours. That's what makes us what we are. That's what makes us as a church body is this, this book has been taught to us. Somebody has taken the time to teach us and we believed it. We became believers. And it may have started down at the grocery store. It may have started work. I remember there was a fella. I won't call his name. Some of you may know him. Used to work at Coca Cola Bottling Company years ago. He made a sailor embarrassed to hear him cuss. I never heard such cuss in my life. The other day I met him. He'd been pastor 40 years in one church because somebody at Coca Cola Bottling Company. Began to witness to him. You'd be surprised what God can do with your witness. We need to make a vow this morning. I don't know if you will or not, but that's not the point. The challenge is that we need to be challenged to give a witness to people. How that we got saved. How that God loved me. Somebody told me about the truth. And I accepted it into my heart and my life. Changed my life. 
I remember when I was an agnostic. Can you believe I was an agnostic at one time? I wasn't sure that there was a God. <laughs> Some of my buddies began to talk to me. Some of my friends began to tell me, began to demonstrate from this book that there is a real and true God. Till eventually, I became a believer. And eventually, I became a preacher. And I became a preacher to you this morning on the 21st of May, 2023. You think there's other out there? Think about D.L. Moody. Remember D.L. Moody? D.L. Moody was selling shoes. His Sunday, uh, Sunday school teacher come by and led him to the Lord. Some of the greatest people in our churches, greatest men and women in our churches are Sunday school teachers. Nothing like them. They tell little boys and girls. I know it's discouraging because sometimes we see them go away and never come back. Don't, don't get discouraged. Just keep telling the truth. Keep telling the report. There will be a few believe it along the way. You believe that? I do. Just keep telling it. Tell me the old old story. Tell it again. Tell it again. Just keep on telling it. Somebody will believe it. I believed it. You believed it. There may be others that believed it. Every head bowed, every eye closed, if you will. In our churches, most of the time we give an invitation. Many times we need to find our place. Accomplish that what God wants to accomplish with us. God's spoken to you about anything tonight or this morning. You need to get it right. Maybe here this morning you say, I've been propositioned with the gospel, but I've never accepted it. And I want to be a believer today. I want to walk out of this building a believer. God has spoken to my heart. I'm not saved. I don't know the Lord is my Savior. And I want to be saved. Would you slip your hand up? Anybody like that say, I'm not saved. I like to be saved. Anybody at all? Just slip it up high so I can see. Anybody at all? Might not might overlook somebody, don't want to. 